0: Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to Fit Body, Fit Mind. welcome back to fit body fit mind today my guest is daryl edwards who is the author of a number of fantastic books on movement including uh, including animal moves and he is the founder of the primal play method he is a movement coach and a physical activity health and play researcher daryl how are you doing today mate
1: hey how you doing Thank you so much for, for the introduction, and I'm so looking forward to today's chat, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good.
0: So one of the things that I like to uh, get people chatting about uh, on Fit Body, Fit Mind is kind of your own personal philosophy around fitness, because a lot of people have got these kind of ideas, images that the word fitness conjures up. And I know you've got quite a unique take on fitness, so um, it'd be great if you could start off by sharing with me what what that's all about.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I suppose, firstly, fitness is really about your functional capability. What are you able to do? How often you're able to do it? How efficiently and effectively can you do it? And I suppose fitness for me is broken down into three areas. One is for you to perform extraordinary activities yep. on, on, on demand when you wish to do so. Second is to perform recreational activities. And the third is for you to interact with your environment so that's everything from you know locomotion going for a walk brisk walk going for a hike uh you know to sporting activities uh which would be recreate i suppose recreational and then the the once in the blue moon activities like you're moving home and you want to lift you lift heavy stuff yourself yeah, sure um your car's broken down you want to push it Th- those would be the extraordinary uh, activities that we that we should also be able to perform based on our fitness levels so it's
0: like a, it's 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 your capacity to perform those kind of everyday tasks and and then the not so everyday tasks, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So so fitness is often is often um, compared, or I suppose the relevance of fitness tends to be based on performance athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's 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 where it tends to be based, or somebody who's a weekend warrior who who runs. You know a 5k or 10k or or does a uh, you know um, an OCR you know an obstacle obstacle course race so that's where people tend to focus on fitness or or keeping fit or getting fit but but fitness is far more important because it's it is our capacity to do whatever our bodies are capable of doing that's basically why it's important
0: I think that that's something which which maybe alienates a lot of the general population uh, is that immediate association with athletes and, and sport and stuff like that. And I, I I mean, I guess a lot of it is down to... Uh, you know your your experience of put, seeing stuff in the media and things like that where you, you, the fitness stuff is often dominated by obviously sports and things like that and also a lot of people working in the fitness industry come from a background of sports they a lot of when i first started out as a personal trainer everyone around me was uh from a background of some kind of sport whether it was you know rugby or anything like that and uh other than that it might have been from a bodybuilding or fitness modelling background. And that's the other image that often fitness conjures up is more of an aesthetic than a performance based But it's one of the two, isn't it? It's fitness as a mm. performance thing, an athletic performance thing, or as an aesthetics thing. Um, and I mean, mm. I came from a background of teaching science. So I came in from a completely different background um, and felt quite it was quite alien to me in a lot of ways. And I know that you obviously came into the fitness industry from a very different background as well. What was your background before coming into the, the fitness environment?
1: Yeah, well, I was a techie, so I, I worked within investment banking as a technologist. So certainly had having nothing to do with fitness whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> not not even a, a passing interest in fitness. So it was it was really based on me having to change my life or change my lifestyle and um, reducing the risk of lifestyle disease and conditions. That's what led me to this pathway of more movement in, in my life. So being told in my mid 30s that I had pre diabetes, very close to type two diabetes, very high risk of cardiovascular disease, high triglycerides, high uh, cholesterol. And 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 thirdly, and probably mo- even most concerning of the lot was being diagnosed with stage two hypertension, which yeah. is very high levels of, of uh, elevated blood pressure levels and and the solution offered to me at that time was to take medications yeah as it often is as it, as it often is um, so metformin to, produce, to to lower my blood sugars um, beta blockers for the blood pressure and statins for to manage cholesterol yeah. and fortunately I was aware the back recesses of my mind that exercise could help with blood pressure yeah. And so that's what I started doing. Joined the gym, started exercising, and my blood pressure came down, I started getting into shape, but also the other health markers, the other biomarkers improved as well. So my cholesterol improved, my um, my blood pressure came down, my blood sugar started to to be up, you know, become more optimal. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I found I found something here and I want to continue going. So so for me, I suppose the good thing about my journey or the start of my journey. Was that it wasn't about aesthetics. Yeah. It wasn't about performance. It was purely about the health benefits. And of course, there were side benefits being I could perform better. Yep. I certainly looked better. Yep. But those weren't my initial motivations.
0: No, I think that, that I think that that's something which can be, which a lot of people could uh, could take heed of is that. You don't have to, a lot of people are focused on aesthetics and I get it. I don't kind of, I don't put people down for whatever goals they have. You know, it's a very personal thing. And I totally understand people who have aesthetic goals. But what I've experienced over the years working in this industry, and working with clients and also working on myself is that often if you focus on the aesthetics, you sometimes neglect the health benefits. Whereas if you focus on the health benefits, you still get the aesthetic benefits, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Uh, Um, I, I suppose it's really important, as you say, if somebody, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody is moving, more, moving well, yeah, (laughs) um, uh, avoiding a sedentary lifestyle. That that is that's the goal. That's most important for me. Yeah. Um, and the motivations to get there may well be performance may well be about aesthetics yeah but in some respects though both of those can be relatively short term yes i.e there's a short there's a short term window of you being able to perform at your at your best physically so athletes tend to you know occupy the 20 to 30s and and that's about it Um, Or for those who do continue for longer term and become Masters athletes and the like, but there tends to be a window of opportunity that people tend to focus on, and similar for aesthetics. You know, um, there's a there's a youthfulness about looking a particular way, and people tend to thrive within that sweet spot of the twenties and thirties again. Yeah. Um, and again, there are there are exceptions. People who do go on to maintain to maintain those physiques that that are very aspirational and admirable. Yeah. But but if you have a if you take a longer longer term view a wide angle lens view at this and you're thinking about health and you're thinking about longevity and you're thinking about sustainability of your practice and motivating yourself for life not just for the short term then you then you do have a, a different perspective so two two things to mention in relation to that you can have fantastic body composition look incredibly good in the mirror look fantastic on the cover of a magazine doesn't mean you're healthy no that's the first that's the first secondly similar with af- uh, athletics um, you can again you can be the best in the world at your particular event doesn't mean you're healthy no. there are so many sacrifices you can make to get there aesthetically or um, performance in terms of performance doesn't mean health is at the forefront of that.
0: No, and I think that's a that's a really common misconception with a lot of people, and it certainly was with me as well. You, you know, you'd see these because, and it's because those uh, those words are often, the words of health, for example, are often seen alongside pictures of people with very low body fat percentages. So if you look at the cover of Men's Health Magazine, Women's Health Magazine, they're not t- taking, the, the, the photos that are alongside that big word health at the top of the magazine are pictures which look a certain way. Whichever month mm. you look at it's very much a formulaic cover and the model is yes. always it's a different model every month but it might might as well be the same model because they look very <laughs> similar right and yeah. so we're constantly conditioned to think that a six-pack is synonymous with health and so it becomes this um this, this goal that people strive for in everyday life but something that i really try and get across to people is we've all got a six-pack just if it's visible doesn't make it work any better
1: <laughs> no i mean i totally i totally agree it's, it's i mean we are visual creatures oh absolutely we, we, we are and, and and so um you know i would love to say that i you know i'm just such a, a purist <laughs> and puritanical about my approach to, to, to health and fitness and aesthetics how i look has nothing to do with it that 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 would be naive of me to say so. Yeah. But yeah. It, certainly, it certainly isn't the key the key driver. Yeah. And I suppose with body composition, which is probably is is if that's important, again, my body composition, I am trying to tie that into health goals. Yeah. So the so there is a I suppose there is a sweet spot a health spot. Yeah. Where with body fat, for example. Yeah. Where if you're too low and you can look incredible. You can still increase the risk of chronic lifestyle disease yeah, yeah yeah you know um you if you're female you can reduce your risk of of you know not remaining fertile of missing periods of, of, of things like that there's risks of becoming orthorexic yeah. of, of body dysmorphic disorders there are so many risks associated with that and of course at the other end of the scale there are risks associated of those with with overweight and obesity as, as well yeah. with high levels of body fat and so it's, it's got nothing to do with body weight that's purely to do with the body composition yeah and and yes it's 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 really difficult to tease that out of the of what's represented because advertising marketing does rely on aspiration and aspirational yes. images and yeah. i want to be like another person the downside is you have compare and despair. You know, yeah. It's not—it's yeah. not always compare and aspire, but it's compare and despair. Yeah, it's not always then, motivating yeah, is it i it's mean not always I, motivating yeah. i
0: found i found this when i was like i said first in the fitness industry i was surrounded by people who come from bodybuilding backgrounds fitness modeling backgrounds sports backgrounds and i uh, i was i was there coming from a science teacher background very normal looking person and i had people look me up and down and question whether i was actually a real personal trainer because i didn't look like the wow. typical one and at the time um you know i was in my 20s i was much more insecure than I am now. I think we all have insecurities. Mine are diminishing by the year, which is nice, but I you know, they're still there. But Mm. back then it was it was much more at the forefront and I was comparing myself to a lot of other people. And I think that we we do tend to do that. And I was I I still do it because I I noticed on I was doing it a couple of weeks ago and I had a little Google and was reading some good articles about um, about how we compare ourselves to others. I can't remember where the article was. think it was Psychology Today or something like that. Because I was like, surely, please, please don't let me be the only person who does this. But it was about mm. not only comparing yourself to other people, but comparing yourself to a ridiculously uh, high standard in other people. So I was comparing <laughs> my fitness to Ross Edgley um mm. <laughs> right and for those people who don't know ross edgley this is the dude who swam around the british Isles a few years back he wrote the world's fittest book he's written a great new book called the art of resilience and um and there was a post that he put up on instagram that was him training somewhere with i think he was in australia and he was with one of the um hemsworth brothers like chris hemsworth or something like that and i looked at the post and i was like god i'm really unfit <laughs> and i just thought Am I the only person who not only compares themselves to other people but compares themselves to a to a stupid standard which is not relevant to my lifestyle at all and it turns out mm. that, that everyone does that it's not just comparison mm. it's comparison to people who are so outside you know they're they're massive outliers they are top of, they they're right in that kind of far right hand corner of the bell curve
1: mm. Mm. no i mean it's it, that's a really gr- that's a really great point and I think it's important for people to realize that when you aren't making comparisons like that, you don't, you're not aware of just how amazing you are. Yeah. And how amazing we are as individuals and, and that we're all superhuman, which yeah. means we all have flaws. And even the most powerful superheroes have the most significant flaws. I mean, that's 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 also something to, to, to note. So, you know, the hemworms and the, you know, of the world, you know, (laughs) you know, these individuals, these outliers, they have to make considerable sacrifices. There's a, there's a cost associated with what we perceive to be, to be benefits. And people again, don't, don't realize that, you know, I don't want to to, to train six to eight hours every day, every day to achieve, you know, my, the perfect version of myself aesthetically to be able to perform the best that I could in a particular specialist event i mean you know i I, we could we could go on down that down that path but certainly what i can do is to look for the minimal effective dose what can i do within my within the constraints of my life that enables to me to be healthier to be functionally capable to reduce the risk of injury to manage my levels of stress to yeah. maintain independence for as long as I can, so I'm 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 50 now. It's my 50th year or 51st year, yep. I suppose. So I'm 50 now, and and my motiv- again, my motivations are different. And I and I and I certainly think about the things that I can that I can do in the broadest possible sense. Yeah. So how strong can I be? But how can I also maintain good cardiovascular and cardiorespiratory fitness? Yeah. You know. How how can I maintain really good balance and coordination and agility and speed and power and all, all of these other components to fitness that again can be ignored if you're just focusing on the. I just want to be able to swim around the British Isles as far (laughs) as I can. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I mean, and
0: this you 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 touched on it there about training six to eight hours a day. I mean, this is these these people's jobs. If they're if they're actors and they have to look a certain way, and it's, it's it. it's aesthetics that they are after they're getting paid millions to do that um, and if you look at um, people who are athletes they're getting paid uh, to to be uh, at the top of their game in a certain performance related aspect and most everyday people you've got jobs and you've got families and you've got all the rest of it one of my favorite lines uh, from animal moves one of my favorite quotes which really just like um you know when you know when like one sentence sums up an idea that you've had kind of floating around in your head but it's always been a bit wishy-washy when you try to explain it and that was (laughs) that was this line which said um exercise is a proxy for the lack of physical activity we undertake in the modern era so make the most of your movement minutes and i thought that is that idea of exercise being a proxy um is is just so clear because we didn't evolve to be sat on our asses all day like you were in your previous
1: life right mm, mm. yeah no i mean I, i'm and you know what firstly i'm honored to hear to have that level of feedback uh, in relation to my book and that and that line and and certainly that is how i feel that's part of my kind of love hate relationship with exercise yeah yeah uh, which is you know and that's the same for all, you know for most humans when you when you rely on what you're you know your body is telling you constantly and most of the time our bodies are telling us to conserve energy mm. to relax to sit down to take it easy let's find the most convenient way it's a survival thing isn't it it's a, it's a survival yeah so it's it's you move we we tend to move because we have to so if you have to move to you know source your food otherwise if you don't you starve yep. then you're going to do a lot of movement to get food yeah. if you don't need to source food with movement because somebody can deliver it to you and, or prepare it for you, yeah. we would tend to make that choice, Yeah. so exercise is a proxy, it is a substitute um, it's, it's like a supplement that's needed because physical activity is no longer part and parcel of our day to day lives for survival, I saw- so it is a good thing
0: yeah absolutely and uh, I, I saw I saw a thing the other day a stud- another study yet another study on sitting down and uh, which I know mm. is like i know you <laughs> you talk a lot about sit about sitting and 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 that's how big a part of our lifestyle that is now as opposed to movement uh, i mean physiologically we're the same as we have been for hundreds of thousands of years and and our bodies yes. did not they've they've designed for for movement uh, not designed but you know what i mean um mm. developed for movement and mm. And yet we're sitting for so long. And this study came out saying that the average American, I believe it was, and I don't, I don't believe that the UK would be that much different, to be honest, the average American mm. sits for
1: 12 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and um, I've certainly seen similar stats here of around nine hours plus. And, yeah. I, would, and I would certainly say that's probably an un- underestimation for anyone who has a desk-based job, who has to commute to work. Um then you can you can easily see where why even nine hours is <laughs> yeah. is is a very low um, estimation in terms of sitting time because of course there's the commute in the car or on, the, on public transport there's a time where you are sitting in the office um, and then there's a time that you come home and usually are sitting as well yeah. so most of our working time can be spent sitting. And and most of us don't feel too concerned about that because we're getting things done. We we have a career. We're doing really well. We have the ability to commute from great distances to, to our place of work. And now that many of us are are working from home, yeah. um, and and for many it's the first maybe the first time in our lives that we've had this opportunity to work from home. Um, most people are you know even with the the increased anxiety, the concerns about, you know, what we're dealing with right now with the pandemic. Many of us are still also focused on some of the positives in relation to, actually, I can get, be more productive. I can get more things done whilst I'm at home. There's more family time. There there are some plus points. I can roll out of bed and just, and get to work. You know, there's, I I can miss out on traffic jams and and that commute and, oh, you know. So I, I think whatever happens, going forward, there's, there are probably going to be more people working from home I agree, more yeah. often and wanting that flexibility to be able to, to do so. But at the same time, it means we are more likely to be sedentary whilst at home. Um, that that's, That is certainly a concern of mine. And we know the risks associated with, with that, the increased risk of, again, of heart disease, cancers, diabetes by having too much time sitting, yep. but the solutions are, f- are fairly straightforward. Just yep. break up sedentary time, incorporate as much movement as possible. So that's everything from standing, standing from, you know, from sitting yep. to 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 walking to any other activity that you can <laughs> to break up that time, as well as finding time to exercise where you say, right, I've got a dedicated amount of time me to focus a focus on improving my ability aerobically or strength training or whatever floats your boat yeah they, they're all they're all needed um but certainly movement is the most important that's the that's the, the base of the pyramid yeah so exercise and, is higher
0: movement throughout the day as, as a kind of just a, just as part of your existence rather than it because this is the thing isn't it like a lot of people they they see fitness or exercise as being a separate thing that they tack on to their existing life whereas movement mm. is something that we do every day without really thinking about it and uh, there's a lot of opportunities throughout the day to increase that and we often hear about uh, oh you know take the stairs instead of the lift but mm. i mean it's That's a cliche for a reason, right? Because that's an opportunity to to move.
1: Yes, it is an opportunity to move. But again, and I I mean, I've said that plenty of times. If anyone who's seen my social media, I I do or heard me speak, I pretty much have an ongoing narrative about, you know, our environment. You know, actually, you know what? I'm going to go straight to the heart of the matter. Go for it. I... I have a love-hate relationship with people making those statements. Actually, yep. take the take the stairs rather than the lift. You know, uh, you know, uh, park your car at the furthest part of the car park when you go yep. to your, your supermarket. And and again, I, it makes sense. And I do those things. Yep. I avoid, I you know, avoid any mechanical device that can help me move. I try okay. and avoid as much as possible. Yep. Right. Yep. So I no longer have a car. Yeah. I know I always take the stairs, even when it's really uncomfortable. Yep. Um so it's only exceptionally would I use those devices. Okay. Right? Okay. The reason why it's a problem is we have to understand that for humans, our DNA is programmed, is set hardwired for convenience. Yeah. So somebody just telling us, "Hey, just take the stairs; it's better for you." Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of a hundred, people will go, "Who cares about this <laughs> my health or not?" Fair point. Fair point. I want to. I want to get there as quickly as I can. I want to get up there with the least amount of yeah. effort. Yeah, Power I'm of not walking least resistance. five flights of steps. Steps. What? Who's? Who's? Who's anyone kidding? Yeah. So, so we have to we have to recognize that. Yeah. And so, I feel the efforts shouldn't be in just telling people. Hey, move more. It's good for you. Yeah, we should be creating environments that makes it easier for us to make okay. that decision.
0: So, engineering the environment to kind of remove the remove the barriers to movement that we've that we've put in place over the years.
1: Yeah, that's ex- ex- exactly right. I mean, we we I mean, elsewhere, uh, if we look at things like smoking cessation, yep. for example, we had you know the evidence came out that there's a link between smoking and lung cancer, smoking and heart disease and, yep. and so on. Highly refuted in, initially, um, but that was the evidence. But then we, you know, governments started to say, "Hold this, whoa, hold on a second, we need to start having educational campaigns because we're suffering the burden of many people dealing with these conditions because of smoking. Yeah. So it's advertising campaigns. Okay, that isn't working enough. Let's... Uh, Nets have punitive measures like taxation.
0: Okay. So yeah. they
1: apply lots of tax lots of taxes and that, that brings that brings smoking down just a little bit. But it still not doesn't have a huge impact on the number of smokers. No. Where you start to really see differences in smoking behavior is when society shifts to the point it's it's no longer acceptable yeah so you start banning smoking in public places you make it more difficult for people to have their smoking time yeah that's where we started to see significant falls in the in the numbers of smokers so there was a the environment changed not just by telling people hey don't do this you know, giving them a nudge here and there. Oh, smoking is bad for you. Smoking kills. I mean, how how damning a message is that, right? Yeah. You buy a packet of cigarettes, you see, you know, charcoal lungs and 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 all of these different conditions. You know, horrifying images. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they are. Yeah. Right. That's still not enough to no. stop people smoking. No. And that's, so, that's that's that says a lot, doesn't it? it? It does say a lot because again, we we. Humans do tend to seek out short-term gains and less it's less appealing to focus on longer-term rewards. Yeah. So similar with movement. Um, I have really tried hard to create this environment for myself to say, uh-oh, stairs, elevator. Right? Yeah. I know what I'm taking the stairs. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. But I have to constantly speak to myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know every single time that happens i still have that hey dal wouldn't you just like to take the lift this once and and how long is that how long (laughs) is that after
0: you know because something i talk about uh, i talk about habits a lot i talk about automating behaviors a lot and at the start whenever you're trying to change something obviously it requires a certain amount of willpower but relying on willpower long term is is never a kind of uh, successful strategy and Mm. I, I like to encourage people to use willpower at the start, and things become they require less motivation as time goes on. But I, I think that I think that even quite far down the line, there are there are going to be occasions when, like you've just said, you still there's still that kind of that primal part. Again, it's that that conservation of energy, uh, survival instinct of going, why are you expending calories that you don't need to? Um, yes because it's because it like you said it's hardwired into us um i I was what i was thinking as well is it's something that i that i talk about a lot when i'm coaching people i talk about engineering their own environments in their home to Mm. make good habits more easy more accessible more attractive and make bad habits more difficult right because if you've got the obvious one is things like having cupboards full of like healthy food you're more likely to eat it than if you've got cupboards full of junk food because you know you mm. it's it's all about those barriers and what's easy and what's not it's so like we use the smoking example again if someone's trying to quit smoking and they've got a packet of cigarettes on the sideboard they're going to find it quite hard not to have a cigarette and so mm. what's around you and the cues that you see like you said we're very very visual creatures we're visual animals we've got uh, incredibly detailed eyesight it's our it's it's our primary sense and so if we see something which is what we associate with a certain behavior we're we're Going to find it hard not to do that behavior. So engineering your environment, you know, leaving your workout kit the night before, so that when you wake up in the morning, it's there ready to go, and making things easier and more attractive. So what you're saying is, if we did that same thing, but on a societal level, we would see a a change in people's behaviors on a societal level.
1: Yes, it's one part. It's one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So, so of course, there has to be individual responsibility. Of course, that yeah. has to be part of that, yeah. and and willpower or, or being self determined, um, you know, self aware in relation to decisions that you make. That's important, but certainly our reliance on technology is another aspect of that. Yeah, you know, uh, because technology, in many senses, helps us to be encourages us to be sedentary as, as as well. But but lastly, it's the it's the wider environment. So if we just go back in time, for example. When I was young, um, there weren't many bus stops with seats. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There weren't there weren't even many bus sh- full on bus shelters. There was just a bus stop. Yeah. So you weren't protected by the elements most of the time. You certainly couldn't you couldn't sit down and feel comfortable, right? Um, similar in lots of in lots of stations, train stations, bus stations, there wouldn't be many many seats, many chairs. They're more commonplace. Yeah. Uh, uh, seat when I was young seating back and i'm going young for me is in the 70s okay you go back then sofas and chairs were not that comfortable right okay right now sofas are are like they're like beds yeah they're so plush and absorb you know they literally like marshmallows they just kind of completely cocoon us and make embrace us and make us want to sit there for longer yeah so 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 comfort this driver for comfort means that more, even more of our f- furniture has become less Spartan-like and more and more comfortable. Yeah. So there's there's this there's this kind of slow shift to make things more convenient, to make things more comfortable, for us to be more comfortable. Yeah. With being, you know, comfortable, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Right? so instead of instead of being you know you're sitting in a chair and going oh my goodness this is so uncomfortable I've got to stand up and do something else yeah. we're like oh my goodness this is so yeah. oh, this I could so live good. in this thing I could live in yes <laughs> I could live in this and we, and we do we do live in those yeah. really uncomfortable awkward positions which affects our posture which down regulates our metabolism which increases the risk of, of, of lifestyle disease it, that, that, that happens so and, and if we go back even further still so I think if we, I think one stat that I could, that I'd like to recall, if I can, is the fifty years up to two thousand and twelve. So so I think it's nineteen sixty two. I think hopefully yeah. that's correct, right? Um, that the difference in physical activity levels between nineteen sixty two for the average person and two thousand and twelve is the was the equivalent of running a marathon a week. Whoa, that is a lot of movement. Right. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of movement. Um, and in the 1940s, the average person walked, I think it's between 8 and 10 miles a day. Yeah. And it's now about a mile yeah. uh, a day in the UK. So again, significant difference in activity. And, and those people in the 40s were not exercising. It's not like no, no. It's not no. like the, you know they were like, hey, hey, let's do our ten minute, you know, our ten mile day. Well, they uh, they, they didn't know. actually go and run a marathon a week. That's yeah. just to make it very clear to everyone yeah. listening. Exactly. That's not what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Mar- marathons recreationally, you know, came about, you know, in the in the eighties. Yeah. You know, jogging came about in the late sixties, early seventies. The, these things are relatively new. Aerobics, for example, you know. Uh, I in guess the the because 80s it needed
0: 80s. to, because people weren't moving as much. And so those things started developing a bit more.
1: Yes, exa- exactly. But that's not the, that's not really the solution. It, no. Those are quick fixes, which certainly have a significant amount of benefit yep. in comparison to just being sedentary and doing nothing. Yep. But if we can integrate more movements into our day and take advantage of the opportunities to move and, and sometimes say to ourselves, I'm not going to take the easy way out this time. Yeah, I'm going to take the more difficult option. I taking the stairs. Yeah, and you, what you said there about, uh, you know, using willpower so something becomes a habit. I'm going to tell you straight. Every time I see those, st- when I'm <laughs> on the tube, and I see those, like however many steps there are, I'm like, <sighs> Yeah, do I do it this time? Do I take the? Do I really want to take the stairs? So I can't say that I'm I'm happy and jumping for joy when I see the, the flight of no. stairs ahead of me. No, <laughs> I can't no. say that I feel really fit when I get to the top of them going, whoo, aren't I amazingly fit and healthy? No, sometimes I'm coughing and I'm I'm out of breath. I'm like wondering why I'm still doing this, but I know, I know why. I know there's a significant benefit in doing so. I know that I feel better about myself and making that choice, but it's not, it's not easy. And that's for somebody who's convinced (laughs) I'm already, I eat my own dog food, but even so (laughs) I'm still, I'm still questioning, should I be eating it? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that uh, you know, when when I
0: talk about habits becoming automatic, it's usually the kind of smaller habits which require what I call a, a, a lower motivation cost. So, for example, if you do a bit of movement before you get in the shower, you can gradually build that to being as automatic as brushing your teeth. It's just part of your morning routine. However. Yes some of those flights of stairs up from the tube i mean that it may as well be a marathon when it comes to motivation costs right so yes yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. those are bigger those are bigger things which are much more difficult to become automatic but there's a point where it almost feels more strange not to do it than to do it and when you're stood at the bottom of those stairs and you're looking at the lift and you're looking at the stairs and you're willing yourself there is the the more you do that the more consistently you have done that although it will still be um a question in your mind there will still be a, a a slight war with yourself it will be less because you know you know as time goes on it almost starts feeling more strange if you were as soon as you step foot in the lift you you know that you would feel odd about it
1: yes no that's a really i mean that's a great point i love that point and and i suppose you have a reference you have you know, we talk. We, we know about muscle memory. Yeah. I suppose there's a there's movement memory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably more importantly, so I have this awareness that I have climbed these stairs before. Yeah. That it is possible. Um, that it is difficult, but doable. So why not just do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there there is there is that there. But I, I suppose why I came I came up with the Primal Plane method. Yeah. Was as I said earlier, just saying we should move more isn't enough. We should create an environment that makes it easier for us to move, but we can't wait for that to happen either. Yeah. And, and self-motivation is also not enough for many of us, which is why most of us are sedentary, which is why most of us want to watch other people move instead. That's why sports stars are very popular. It's like, oh my gosh, look how amazing those people are. Yeah. I'm really happy just sitting here watching you. Um, on on tv yeah right um i
0: could never do that it's that kind of thing isn't it it's like you see these people and you go wow i could never do that and and it it almost drives more of a wedge in between the the person and movement
1: yeah for sure no i totally i totally agree um you know but there there is something we can do so it sounds like almost like there's no hope you know humans are inherently lazy. Our DNA is telling us to be convenient. <laughs> uh, you know, do to take the convenient path. What's the point? What's the point? Well, there is something we can do. Yeah. And 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 what our what our DNA also has is an imagination, and oh, the yeah. creativity of of, of of ability to create your own environment through the use of play. Yeah. So kids don't exercise through choice, but they love to move. They, yeah. love to pl- they love to actively play. They, 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 are, they have all of this nervous energy and they want to do something about it. Yeah. And the reason why is because they have a driver to explore themselves and the world around them. Yeah. And the best way, vehicle for them to do so is through play. And adults, we can use the same motivation, a similar motivation to make those flight of stairs. And I do things like this. So there's a flight of stairs. I'll sometimes decide. Let me see if I can pass people who are taking the escalator. Let yeah. me see if I can if I can be quicker than they are, quicker than the person who's just standing there. Probably not going to beat somebody who's who's walking at the escalator or running at them, but but I can I could probably beat the person who's just standing there. Yeah. How many people can I pass? Yeah. So you can you can create gamification, in an in an analog sense, not in a tech tech based sense. You can yeah. gamify situation you can gamify your environment kids do that all of the time and we can do that as adults and that's what the prime play method is really about using play psychology to make the movement that humans were designed creative evolved to do to make that more accessible
0: yeah yeah make it more attractive Uh, make it more more attractive enjoyable and this is one of the things which um attracted me to what you do. Uh, a, f- a few years ago, I was working, or in fact, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was working primarily with parents and families in terms of coaching and stuff like that and Mm. um i kind of developed a a method around kind of habit change and and, and developing a healthy active family lifestyle and one of the things um that i talked about was play and embracing you know you take kids to an an outdoor wide open space and they'll just run for no reason they're not trying to get somewhere they'll just leg it around this open space um adults will go and sit on a bench in the corner and Mm. i was thinking right how can we re-access this and um and help adults find some enjoyment in movement in the same way as children do like you said through that curiosity and all the rest of it and i thought i I was thinking in terms of the words primal play and then i found out this was actually a thing already (laughs) and was like oh okay primal play and that's when i came across obviously the stuff that you do and Mm. was like yeah this is exactly what i was thinking it's it's movement but enjoyable movement because we've got adults have such bad experiences that have um Really darkened their views of movement, right? PE at school and having to do cross country in January and <laughs> all of this stuff, where people just go, mm. I don't, I, I, don't like exercise, and that has, mm. that has translated into I don't like movement. And I, I put something on Facebook the other day which said, "What's your least favorite form of exercise?" Most people said either running or burpees. Some people, <laughs> some people were saying, I, there, there were a few people who just said all of it or movement mm. and I just thought wow that's like wow. that's so telling
1: yeah that no that really is I mean and it's and it's quite concerning because it's almost like saying you know what's your favorite food and people saying nothing yeah I don't like food you know, like I don't like food I, I only eat it because I have to yeah yeah I, 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 and of course there are unfortunately there are some people who feel that way of who course. do have you know eating disorders yeah um and, but but, but it's know, seen I as an eating disorder. But it's, it's seen, seen as an eating, an eating disorder. disorder, yes. And if yes.
0: someone says, I don't like moving, that's not seen as a movement disorder.
1: No, it isn't. But, well, I suppose to those um, people like myself, yeah. I do see it as a disorder. Of course. I do see it as an epidemic or as a pandemic, a physical inactivity pandemic. I mean, sedentary, sedentary behaviour is... Um, you know, people are talking about sitting being the new smoking, yeah. and, and, and sitting disease. So I, I yeah. suppose people are talking about about this. It's becoming more um, more. Um,
0: the the awareness is growing, I think.
1: Yes, the awareness is, is growing, uh, and I'm sure, you know, as you as you say, we we are many of us have heard the take the stairs instead of the instead of the lift. Many, many times. So there are more and more people talking about this. It's becoming yeah. more, more of a mainstream message. Yeah. So, so I suppose there is, some, there is a glimmer of hope. But until we fix the root of the problem, until we understand the human condition in relation to movements, the psychology of that, yeah. of our physiology, our biology, then we're going, to, we're going to fail. There'll be brief bursts of amazement, you know, kids playing Pokemon Go and, and, yeah, and the yeah. world going, wow, kids are going outside again and walking <laughs> for miles. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that incredible? But then after a few months of that, Yeah, it wears off. kids get yeah, people go, Oh, I'm fed up with po- Pokemon Go, what's next? So yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that the the benefits of technology that enables us to do things like what we're doing right now. Um the alternative realities that we can create, the virtual realities we can create, st- even with all the excitement and possibilities, still lack what can happen in the real world. The fascination, the ability for us to harness all of our senses in the real, in the real world. Yeah. And, and I think that's also part of the problem because the more technology immersed you are, so the younger you are, the more of a, of a technology-driven world you you you're aware of from birth, the more likely you are to just see that as the option available to you. Yeah. Yeah. So so and parents now, so parents of young children now are less likely to want to have their children go outside and free-range play and free roam, are less likely to want them to take part in risky in risky endeavours like climbing trees and. Yeah. And, 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 and the like be, be, be because of that so there's this driver to avoid risk yep. to, be, to, to reduce in the time that children have to develop themselves physically and emotionally through play and so then we become adults and we're. why are we surprised when we do have a physical inactivity epidemic Yep. when people do sign up to the gym but don't actually attend. Yep. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. And so my Primal Play method is one way of trying to disrupt that, disrupt sedentary behaviors. Yep. Ask yourself the question, what do you really enjoy when it comes to movement? What were your motivations for that? For me, most of that came through childhood. Yeah. It wasn't my PE lessons. The only time I had fun in my PE lessons was usually at the end of the school year, where the PE teachers would say, "You can do whatever you guys want to do." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <I> totally <laughs> that, get that. That that would be that would be the most fun we would have all year. You guys can do whatever you want, and of course, we would choose to play games. That's what we would. That's what we would choose to do. Yeah. And, and when we went home after homework or at the weekends or the six you know summer holidays, we would pretty much play all day. Yeah. Um, many kids don't have that option today. So so at least for myself as an adult, I have a background that I can reference. Yeah, and I can have, draw I on have, that a, experience. I can draw on it. I have a play memory, I have a play history, a movement history that was abundant, that was very nutritious and nourishing and fulfilled a lot of what I needed as a child. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that you can't, you can never recapture that as an adult. You can't. Unfortunately, that that time, that's been done. Yep. Done and dusted. All I can do is reminisce. All I can do is try to recreate some of that, is to ha- access my inner child and to say, if I choose to move, let me make it something that I enjoy doing so I'm going to want to do it, I'm going to want to do it again. And we find that difficult to do as adults. We, Unfortunately, we do. It's It's been... Almost beaten out of us. Well, uh-huh. enjoyment and fun? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it really yes. has. And we we've yeah. become very.
0: We become very serious, don't we? And when people look at exercise, they're constantly looking for the most effective uh, form of exercise for their particular goal, and so they're looking for the workout plan that will burn the most fat or the workout program that will get them the strongest, rather than looking for the one, the type of movement that they're going to enjoy the most. Which, I mean by any logic is the one that you're going to sustain the longest anyway. Um, but it's it's all it seems to always be about efficiency and taking it seriously whereas you know actual enjoyment it doesn't just improve the body because you're because you're moving more and you're sustaining that and and doing it on a daily basis but also I mean you're actually smiling and laughing and, and enjoying your life and so there's a huge a number of tremendous uh, mental health and mental fitness benefits as well.
1: Mm, yeah, and again, that's a, a fantastic point, Jay. And uh, and I think certainly the joy, joy, and fun and laughter is really important when it comes to movement. Yeah, and play. But again, there's another misconception about play. Yeah, which, which is play is also serious. Yep. So so play also has a lot of fear, a lot of risk, yep. a lot of danger. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, all a lot of, of times. All of
0: those feelings are um, are, a part of the human spectrum of experience, right? Yes. Wanting to feel scared. Why else do we watch horror films or go on um, roller coasters?
1: Yes, exactly. And why do we play? You know, why do kids play chasing games? Yeah. Why do they climb trees? They want
0: the adrenaline rush.
1: They want that adrenaline rush. So I think it's really... And again, that's why I think adults miss a trick when it comes to play. Yeah. Because they hear the word play and they think, ah, you know right laughter skipping through the tulips like you know <laughs> popping balloons rolling down the hill like oh there's so much fun so much laughter having fun i said whoa, 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 whoa. most childhood play does not involve laughter does not involve <laughs> obvious fun that you can observe from the outside yeah if you saw a kid being chased playing tag you would if you were an independent observer and you had no idea what human emotions were about really you'd go oh my goodness what is happening right there you know it's it's (laughs) how we learn to survive isn't it it's how like again if you go hundreds of thousands of years ago that's
0: how we learned physical skills it's how we became more coordinated it's how we learned to hunt Mm. by throwing things and and chasing things and fighting each other and it's just like that is you let kids crack on and that's what they do
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's it's part of our again. It, it's it's instinctive. Yeah, that's, that's the point. It's no one needs to te- to teach a, a child to play peekaboo no. or hide and seek yep. or to play tag. It, it, ha- it just happens naturally. Do- just like dogs play chase. It's just part of their programming, and 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 so yeah. The, I suppose that you know what we need to realize is that play is such an enriching environment of the very serious of the very routine of the very repetitive right through to the free flowing free form i have no idea what's going to happen next variety yeah. and everything in between and joy the joyful aspect of that covers both of those opposite ends of the spectrum yeah and and that's and that's really that's really important message because for me i do want to have goals of getting stronger or maintaining my strength, you know, getting fitter, getting healthier. I, I, I want all of these very serious goals. Yep. I just want to use play as the main vehicle to get there. So um, if, if I piggyback carry someone yeah. or fireman carry someone, for me, that's a lot of fun. It's reminiscent of me, of the things I did as a kid. But but at the same time, I'm thinking, I'm lifting. I'm carrying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm... I'm doing something yourself. which is very functional and, yeah. and, and challenging. Yes, 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 yes. So, so, you know, again, somebody can go into the gym and feel great about lifting, you know, I don't know, eight kilos, 16 kilos kettlebell or picking up a, a barbell off the floor and deadlifting. You know, there's all these things that we can partake in, very serious, lots of technique involved. Uh, and But they may not be able to carry a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Or they may be uncomfortable carrying their shopping for a couple of hundred meters or not be able to carry their partner if they their partner had an accident or their kid fell over and they need to pick them up. They have to wait for somebody else to help them. You know, these are the that's a serious aspect. Well, that's the everyday stuff that to you're on about,
0: performing, performing daily tasks um, efficiently and effectively, isn't it? That's yes, a, yes, exactly. It, people train in very specific movement patterns, but we're not specific movers we're generalists aren't
1: we mm. yes we are that's what we that's what that's why we're here and that's why we are uh, that's why we're human yeah because we have this capacity to be pretty awful unfortunately we are pretty awful when it comes to specialisms in movement apart yeah. from walking probably walking yeah. is the only one where we could we could we could uh, compare ourselves to the rest of the animal kingdom yeah but anything else we're very weak we can't jump very far. We yeah. can't lift that much. We can't swim that well. We can't, I mean, you know, that person swimming around the British Isles, you know, for example, try swimming to, you know, the Southern Hemisphere, you know, yeah. to Antarctica yeah. or something. I mean, compare, like- <laughs> compared, to,
0: compared to, a, to a swimming specialist, yeah, Ross actually has yeah. got nothing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, compared to an ant, you know. Um, yeah, we can't carry ca- a lot. We can't carry a lot, right? So l- ants can lift up to a thousand times their body weight. And not only that, they can walk. <laughs> for yeah, the a long way with of, it. Of miles yeah. with, with that, right? So, yeah. so again, but they're we, not very good
0: swimmers. At- swimmer, Ants, they're not very good yeah. swimmers.
1: Not very good swimmers, and they're not very, they're not great at jumping. No, you know, they're they're, <laughs> <But> <laughs> they're great it. at crawling though. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but that's <laughs> like what I'm saying. Is we
0: can we can do all of these things. We're a jack of all trades. Um, mm. We're not specialists, but there's there's no other species that can do the sheer breadth of things that humans can do physically.
1: Yes, yes. And that's where and that's why animal moves came about. Yeah. That's that was the that was the real lesson that I wanted to, to impart is that as animals we have the option to observe other animals, yeah. to mimic other animals, and to approximate in the way that best way humans can, all of these movement opportunities. Yeah. And and that's also adds an element of interest. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't have to just run. I can also do all of these other things as well as part of my, my fitness regimen. Yeah. Um, so, so, and I'll be more robust and resilient. I'll be much more bodily aware. I'll be better able to interact with my environment. I'll be able, better able to go from 0 to 60 to work at low intensity to high intensities, yeah. to go through all of the different components of fitness that are available. I'll be better able to do that because I'm not wanting to be a specialist. I want to be a jack of all trades and a master of some. You know? Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, not none. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and I think that. So, you know, we, uh, to be honest, we could talk about this for probably another two hours. But for the people who who the people who are listening, if they've heard this and they go, "Oh, you know what? That's actually really resonated with me," and um, I want to somehow incorporate this philosophy of primal play and animal movement into my life so that i can move more but do it in an enjoyable way because whenever i talk to anyone who says that they don't enjoy movement it's usually my my response is that they haven't found the right thing that they enjoy yet and there's there's a huge you know plethora of variety out there Um, this might be something that people want to try in some form what would you say is a good starting point for them? You know, busy people, their lifestyle's kind of been blindsided a little bit by what's gone on this year, everything's up in the air, but they want to take a bit of control over the direction their health is heading in, their fitness is heading in, and they want to incorporate some of what you teach into that. Where would you say they should start?
1: I mean, best place is... Well, I mean, an easy... Buy your enough, book. Yeah, buy I mean, my buy, book. buy your book I mean, is a good start, um, right? <laughs> buy my book is a good start. I mean, firstly, in terms of what I can do right now, yeah. immediately on, on hearing this, is to have a think about your most enjoyable movement experiences from childhood onwards. Yeah. And, and, and think about what, what was common amongst all of those great experiences. Yeah. And, and try to replicate that in the best way you can now. So that might be playing a childhood game with your kids yeah it, it might be playing a version of that that you'd be happy doing doing as an adult. It may be deciding to have a kitchen disco and yeah. put some music on in your kitchen whilst you're brewing the tea and 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 just have you know a dance like no one's watching what you know it could be it could be that you you are the best person to decide what that aspect of you know what brings you the most joy when it comes to movement and how you can do that more often you are the best you are the best person candidate for that yeah if you need some help if you need some guidance then pop along to primalplay.com where I have a lot of resources that can help you make better decisions in relation to that that can help you give you some ideas uh, you know, of having more incidental movement in your life and why it's beneficial to, to do so so we all have the capacity to do to do this, to harness our inner child, to have more fun with movement, to have more joy with movement, to challenge ourselves when it comes to movement. Yeah. So I never want to get to the stage where if if somebody if somebody's doing a session with me, for example, a coaching session, um, they there's a point where I could be I could be doing something and people will say, Oh my gosh, darn, you make that look so easy. You know, that just looks so effortless. Yeah. How do you do that? And, and in a way, that's not, not a great sign because because in some respects, I still want to continue to be challenging myself and yeah. to be pushing myself and to- You don't want to it to be. easy. Towards, yes, yes. Um, um, or I want it to be so efficient for me to do, to, for, for me to make that look easy <laughs> yeah, then yeah. that's that, that's that that's also that's also a good goal to have. Sure, but 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 certainly, I don't want to feel comfortable. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, um. So so yeah, I, f- I think there's a it's finding that balance between enjoy, between joy and pleasure of, of movement. Yeah, and and enough discomfort. Yeah, that it's not about pain. It's not yeah. about beating yourself up, being a masochist no. about it. It's finding that right level of discomfort, that right level of risk and fear, and reward that makes you go, ah, oh, okay, I want to do that again. Yeah. You know, you know, a, a bit like the like the roller coaster ride, right? Yeah. If you go on a roller coaster ride and it's so frightening, and you feel sick, and you're like, I just want to get off this thing, you won't want to go on that ride again. Yeah. And it may even put you off going on any other ride, no matter how. <laughs> How enjoyable that ride could be! You're like, no, 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 no! I know what it's like going and stuff like that. No, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. But when you find that right sort of balance, it's like when you okay, if you've got kids and you throw kids in the air, yeah, and they and they're really scared and they're laughing and they're like, oh, you know, put me down, put me down. And as soon as you put them down, they're like, let's do it again, do it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's finding that it's finding that I think in movement, which is which is great. I climb trees. Yep. Right and i don't always feel great being at great heights yeah i i i, I don't so every time i climb i'm like oh okay right right you know what, what's going on here but i come down and i'm like hey i want to do that again <laughs> you know yeah. so so but again it's it another because, thing that we're wired yeah.
0: to crave is adventure it's we, we mm. we've got curiosity we've just forgotten and that's why kids are such good teachers, as I know that 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 you always say is that um, you know they haven't lost that curiosity yet, and so they are exploring their own bodies and exploring their surroundings, and and it's something that yeah we've just lost touch with, but it's there, and that's why adults still do like doing stuff. Which I mean, it it might not be movement at the moment, but they're they're searching out those those same feelings of fear and risk in other ways it just happens to not be through movement at the moment so they can um they can rekindle that and reconnect with that and get that joy and pleasure from the risk
1: yes no no i, I mean it, it's you know it's so simple when you when you when we talk it through i mean when, when we listen listen back to this it, it's like yeah yeah it's what Why is this so difficult? It makes it makes it makes a lot of sense, but it is well. Simple is not always easy, is it? Yeah, simple is not always easy, and we've been deconditioned. we've we've been we've been conditioned to be told that play is superfluous. Yeah, that it's something you do when you've you've got all the serious stuff out of the way. Yeah, but we don't realize that when we're children, play is the most serious thing that exists in our lives. If we had no, if there were no adults. In the world, when we and we were and we were kids, the only thing we would be doing is playing, yeah. right? Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. that's all. You know, then we probably go. Hold on a second, don't we? We do need to eat, don't we? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe we do need to get some food, and we probably do need to yeah. to, to have, have some shelter. But but a, the biggest one of the biggest preoccupations we would have would be how when are we going to be able to play again? What can we do to make our lives all about play um, and as adults I think we're the only the only adults of a species that I can think of you know like a big cat for example so a yeah. big cat does have all of those responsibilities yeah. of having to get food of having to make sure that they can survive they can't yeah. just think about playing all day yeah. like the cubs can but they still spend time playing Yeah, they still spend time harnessing adult form of themselves in a way that mimics what they did as a child yeah humans on the other hand will say oh i would love to be able to run like my five-year-old self (laughs) yeah excuse me a five-year-old child runs not very efficiently very uncoordinated (laughs) doesn't have great motor control why would we want to mimic a five-year-old yeah right you see what i'm saying so you know a five-year-old should be saying Look at the fantastic ability of those adults. I want to be. I want to be like them. Yeah. A cub will be doing the same. I want to be like, you know, my mom and dad when I am their age, yeah. because they move with grace, with power, with with remarkable ability. They they are not, um, you know, adults. Adult humans are. I think are doing themselves a disservice by looking at their childhood selves and saying, I wish I could move that way now, Yeah. yeah. right? We, um, we should only be looking at our young selves saying, the exuberance, yeah, the the passion for zest for life, the zest for movement, that's something to certainly be attracted to. But anyway, that's, I mean, we've gone on a, on a little tangent there. But, yeah, but it's an but inspiring
0: tangent, mate. I love that. Uh, it's, it's a completely uh, different way of thinking about it. And I think that that's, well, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely given me food for thought because that's something that's not a way I've I've ever compared to animals before. But you're absolutely right. You, you imagine like a lion cub. Uh, uh, obviously, this is completely anthropomorphizing a lion <laughs> yeah. cub. But looking at, I'm picturing the Lion King here, right? Um, yeah. But you can picture Simba looking up at his uh, looking up at Mufasa and being like, "Yes, an absolute like." I want to be like that because of the the power and the movement and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, there are barriers. And sometimes, as adults, we have physical barriers which which get in the way, and perhaps we can't uh, we can't always move the way that we want to. But we can always move better than we currently are.
1: Yes, we can always move better than we currently are, and 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 also we can also take full advantage of whatever our potential is or yeah. what our capacity is. Yeah. So so. Again, you know, just look at the the at Paralympians It's yeah. a class of ex class of example. Yep, they are not thinking, oh, you know what, I can't sprint because, you know, I don't I don't have full functioning of my limbs. Yeah, they're thinking, how can I sprint? Yeah, yeah. How can I do whatever they want, whatever they wish to do? Yeah, they're thinking, how can I do this? And and so many of us are, con- are unfortunately thinking of the wrong things. We're yeah. like. Oh, you know what? I've got some aches. I've got some pains. I had that wall, you know, that injury from a long time ago. My knees aren't what they were. My this isn't what it is. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And actually, you could just say, okay, well, what can I do?
0: Yeah. And you can be pragmatic about <laughs> you know. the limitations. You can go, right, yes. realistically, these are real limitations, but how can I work around them? How can I work with them? Um, and And you can. Yeah, and the irony is that with a lot of these things, for most people, movement is going to help reduce those aches and pains.
1: Yes, exact, exactly. Exactly. You know, they they, they are. Um, you know, it's a bit like being the Tin Man in yeah. in uh, the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. Um, the Tin Man didn't didn't need. Uh, what, what what did actually? Wasn't he um uh, to be was it to, no? He wasn't to be brave. Was it? that was the lion? I can't remember what he needed, what he believed he needed, but he didn't really need. Right. I can't remember now. No, I but, can't, it's, been, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. But 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 you know, basically, it's 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 like being feeling like the Tin Man and thinking what I need yeah. is lots of oil, lots of yeah. WD forty to make me better at movement. Yeah. And actually, the more you move, the more lubrication is going to be. Yeah. The, yeah. the less aches and pains you're going to have. Yeah. The, less, the more capable you are, are going to be at doing something. So It's like, it's it's, like it's, a it's, door
0: it, not being used and the
1: hinges seize up. Yes, exactly. So, you know, what, what's the old, there's an old Chinese, Chinese proverb that um, you know, basically still water stagnates. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and, and similar to, to ourselves, if we, if we don't move, we seize up, we're not able to perform well, but as soon as the water starts to flow, it's, le- it's you're more likely to be mobile, more yeah. likely to be able to be fluid, yeah. and 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 uh, and there's there's something important and, and relevant there. I don't always feel great when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I feel like an old man. Yeah. But as soon as I start moving, as soon as I start recognizing, rather than just doing what my body's telling me, which is just take it easy, Mister Edwards, and relax. <laughs> 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 um, but once I start realizing that by releasing endorphins, endorphins are a natural pain reliever. Yeah. They're a yeah. natural analgesic. Not only do they soothe the brain, they also soothe the body. Yep. That's part of the reasons why exercise, physical activity improves the feel-good hormones, yep. activates the feel-good hormones like serotonin, like dopamine, yep. like endorphins. So, yeah, so, I mean, movement is intrinsic, intrinsically part of ourselves. Yes. And our brain... Our mood cognitively emotionally physically there are so many benefits that occur once we activate movement and the less we move the more sedentary we become we're basically shutting down we're dialing down all of those uh, nature's uh, you know natural options available to us to improve our health and well-being
0: yeah absolutely Mate, I think there's been so much to so much to take away from this, but I think the 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 biggest things, I mean, just to re- revisit the the piece of advice that you gave a short time ago, which is, you know, that each individual person's movement is such an individual thing, and every person listening to this is the best person to decide for them what brings them the most joy. Like you said, what they enjoy the most. And that is the first step is to look back at what's, what, what kind of movement in the past has brought them joy and look for those good experiences with movement rather than looking for the negative experiences. Yes. We've all had negative experiences with movement, with exercise, um, like we were talking about PE earlier on and there's there's been these things that we hold on to in this baggage that we carry with us but if we look for it there's been positive experiences too and if we can go back and revisit that and connect with that then we can use that going forward to build a much better relationship with movement and bring it in as part of our lifestyle rather than uh rather than a chore
1: yes totally totally agreed that's really the
0: main takeaway absolutely i love it um Daryl, mate, thank you so much for for jumping on and spending some time chatting to me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it as well, because I have. I certainly have. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Um, and if people want to, obviously, we've talked about your book, Animal Moves, which I think is a fantastic book. Um, if people want to kind of follow what you do, where, where's the best places to find you? You mentioned your website earlier on. I'll bung the link for that in the description of the, of the podcast episode as well. What about social media channels? Where's the best pe- best place for people to find you and see what you're about?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm known as a fitness explorer. Yep. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can Google Daryl Edwards, D-A-R-R-Y-L, uh, and you'll find lots of lots of my talks. Uh, my TED talk, for example, Why Working Out Isn't Working Out. Yeah. That gives a really good 15 or so minute primer as to, to why we have the problems we do in relation to exercise yep. and, and humans. And... Uh, yeah, if, I suppose if you do go to the website, you have a couple of options there. So one is if you're interested in the science and the evidence and the research, there's a lot of that there. But I also have a lot of, of information uh, and, and examples of activities that you can do, and also free downloads, free books, yep. uh, and, and movements that you can you can play with. So that's probably the best place to go to. Fantastic.
0: What I'll do as well then is I'll put the link to that in the description as well. Um, obviously, your TED Talks on the website as well so that people can find that. But yeah, what, what I'll aim to do is I'll put a bunch of links in the description. If anyone's listening to this on Anchor or on Spotify, then those links will be clickable and you'll be able to go and see those things. Uh, if you're listening to it on Apple, for some reason, those links won't work and it mm. doesn't like me. Um, so, Primal Play uh, website. Um, or, you know, go and find the Fitness Explorer on Instagram and you'll be able to find all of that good stuff. Daryl, once again, thank you so much for joining me and I uh, hope to chat to you again soon. No, thanks very much, Jay. it have been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to Fit Body, Fit Mind with me, Jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and have fun.